Hello, curiosity seekers and adventurous thinkers. Welcome to Applied Curiosity Lab Radio, the podcast for the relentlessly curious. This season, our host and Applied Curiosity Lab's chief curiosity seeker, Becky Saltzman, will be sharing the studio with ACL's chief experience producer and favorite sister, Jennifer Felberg. The lens is, and always will be, curiosity. Each week, fun informal conversations center around one delectable curiosity bite designed to give your brain the time and ideas to think about thinking, to flex your curiosity muscle, and maybe even revolutionize the way you think. I was in my office talking to myself, working on our new critical thinking workshop module. And Kara, who's in town from South Africa, that's Dane's songwriting partner. They're here to do some major songwriting sessions, busts into my office and says, I was overhearing you talking to yourself about apologies. Have you heard about the brouhaha? Because you cannot talk about apologies without talking about what is happening with these social influencers on the YouTubes and the Instagram. And I was like, I don't even know what you're talking. Do you know what? I'm are you, sh- you yeah. Know are what? you talking about the James Charles, Tati Wesper, all that brouhaha on, think, social, on the social medias? I think I am. She was trying to describe it to me, but oh gosh, what, what is I'm it? I'm very, you know, hip with the kids these days. <laughs> you are. What's the, Okay, just give it to me. Like, what's the short version? You know what it's all about? It's all about using the social media to create drama. So one apologized for liking something that she, that was against her product, and then she got mad, and then she, I think she apologized, then he apologized, and basically what happened was the viewers went up, the viewers went down, the viewers went up, the viewers went down. And in the end, she's like, leave me alone. I want my privacy. And in the end, both of them have views that have gone way, way, way up. So So now there's these different camps, right? So all Mm -hmm. of these people have higher levels of net social influence because of more subscribers. Right. So essentially, they used apologies, forgiveness, lack of forgiveness in strategic ways to increase their influencers and create this polarization. You can use it to your advantage. So I put this Facebook post up, which was how to think about the physics of an apology. How can people redeem themselves and how do you decide who and whether to forgive? So I want to do a special call out because I had some really great, helpful Facebook responses. So special call out to Brad Perlman, Vicki fisher by Ken Gordon, Mace Horoff, Myra Donnelly, Dana Sachs, Vinnie Kinsella, Joanne McCall, Brittany Barnes, Rick Young, Riley Parham, Roseanne Vecchio, Carmen Von Ark, Susie Mack, and Louise Berman. They all weighed in on the question, which leads to the curiosity bite, which I'm not going to tell you yet, because one of the things that I would say that I learned from the responses from them was that some of the people had really trained in apology, particularly people who are in recovery. People in recovery have really taken a hard look at apology. And oh, like I, through the steps and everything like that? Yeah. 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 Seven through AA or whatever. And, yeah. yeah. And it's great because I think so many of us have not thought about apology. And yet when I was listening to Kara with this whole social media brouhaha, I thought to myself, well, if we don't get to the point where we really dissect this, then whether it's Russian influence or whether all essentially we're going to be manipulated by apologies. Just like like James Charles and. Yeah. Or like we're manipulated by or Kevin Hart. Look at Kevin Hart. You know, just take Kevin Hart. He was years and years ago. They found that he made some homophobic jokes. Okay, he is a comedian. And, you know, that is the purpose of comedy, whatever. I mean, maybe nothing should be sacred, but 
Some things were becoming more sacred. Back then, he apologized. Then they asked him many years later, if you're going to be hosting the Oscars, because, of course, someone brought this out. Mm -hmm. They wanted to create controversy. Maybe they wanted to become asked to be a host of the Oscars. I don't know. And he said, you know what? I apologized back then. I'm not doing it again. Oh, you're not apologizing. So you really think about the physics of apology and even people's responses. And it's so I thought this is going to be really great. And we were working in the corporate space and how corporations think about apologies and strategizing. But that's for our work. But I was wondering about this very delicious curiosity bite. So I ask you, how do you decide who and whether to forgive? Ooh, that is probably something that I have a difficult time with because I am not very forgiving. I mean, I think I forgive, but I absolutely do not forget. And I have severed many ties because of wrongdoing that I've interpreted as wrongdoing. What does it mean? I mean, people say, oh, I forget, but I don't forget. What does that mean? If you're forgiving, what is remembering? How does remembering even play? I mean, that I mean, seems I can to cl- forgive kind of cliche. you for what you did, but I won't give you the opportunity to do it again. So that's not what I mean by forgive and not forget. If you did something to me, I'm not going to allow that opportunity for you to do it again. You apologize. I forgive you for that. But that part of it's like I used to tell Sonny, whatever you do, if you cheat on me, I won't let you like if you kiss another girl, you will not be able to kiss me ever again. (laughs) That's what I told him. So whatever you decide to do, that's going to be the cutoff. So why haven't you encouraged him to have sex with someone else? (laughs) (laughs) That would solve a lot of your problems. I set you up. I set you up for that one. (laughs) Do you think that it's easier to accept apologies from people that you know or you don't know? I would think it would be easier to accept apologies from people you know because they've invested in a relationship with you and perhaps then you might know whether it's sincere or not. Whereas if it was somebody I didn't know, I wouldn't know if the sincerity was present. Okay, so let's say you're a big fan of Kevin Hart already in that case. Mm -hmm. Or you pick one of these YouTubers that I know Kevin Hart's situation. So I don't know these YouTuber situations. So I'll use Kevin Hart. But let's say you're a big fan of Kevin Hart. Mm -hmm. And now you followed him all along. So you knew back then that he apologized. And you had accepted the fact that that apology was acceptable to you at the time. Mm hmm. And now he apologizes again. He says, I'm not going to apologize again. Would you be more inclined to agree with him because you've been with him all along versus just coming into this and not really knowing the history and learning the history and then saying, well, why can't you just apologize again? How would you think about that? Well, I think that it probably has something to do with what he did wrong. Like if it was a homophobic joke, then if you were gay, you might have a harder time forgiving But what if you had forgiven him back then? But now all the people you follow say, I'm not going to forgive. Well, that's just stupid. (laughs) (laughs) Wait a minute. No, I'm saying. If he he apologized, why does he have to apologize again? Is there like some statute of limitations and you have to do it every 10 years? Well, maybe he didn't do it right and he had to do a better one. Well, maybe that's the case. I didn't hear the apology. Did you? Uh, I think I read about it at the time, but I didn't. I mean, it's not like I've followed him so much that I knew and had decided at the time. And frankly, I have a different idea of what should be allowed for comedians and what should be allowed for politicians or public figures or presidents of the United States. I think that comedy is supposed to be poking fun at a lot of things. And so I give a lot more latitude to comedians than maybe someone that for whom they are looking for social justice in what I consider all the wrong places or maybe not 
quite all the right places. Do you think that there's a particular type of an apology that would fly? Okay, so I think that if you looked at the ingredients of apology, you think about, and this is something that I was doing for some of our work, you think about the ingredients. You've got a statement of regret for what's happened. You've got a clear, I'm sorry, statement. (laughs) And then you've got a request for forgiveness. Wait a minute. Is this a list? No. Okay, I'm not infringing on your list. Oh, We're going to get to your... M-G! Stay off your list. <laughs> this is, I know the list is it's your... It's an t- ingredients. It's These not are a ingredients. List. Okay, never this mind. Is, I don't have the whole recipe. Okay. But I think there was another study I think I came across that found additional ingredients. So it's kind of like you got your recipe for grandma's cookies, but she left out the fact that she puts a dollop of jam in. And here's a dollop Just of like jam. Just like Auntie Arlene. <laughs> I know, but if I was baking as well as she, I would totally leave out some ingredients because then you would like have your reputation taken away from you. I think we're totally getting off topic. We are, but I would, if it, okay, assume. But we digress. Those lemon bars, I'm done. Now my mouth is watering. <laughs> okay, so tell me the ingredients to a perfect apology. Okay, so the, the first three we talked about, now these are some basic ingredients for a, that are additional to make, just kind of take the apology to the next level. Expressions of empathy and I think about that, like, imagine Donald Trump, and I know that if you will, if you you can stomach that, if you will, please imagine Donald Trump saying, listen, I've really been off Twitter for about 45 minutes and I've had a time to reflect on how some of the things I've been saying over the last four years might be exciting for some people and might be really hurtful for others. And I have taken the time to really explore empathy. Can you imagine? Don't even. (laughs) I can't even imagine. (laughs) I have tremendous empathy. (laughs) And I have seen that what I have seen would be hurtful. If I heard those things, I would be irate. I would be hurt. And I am sincerely sorry. (laughs) Now, that would be empathy. Now, I think a lot of people cannot accept apologies from people when they do not sense empathy. So that's ingredient number one. The number number two is offers of compensation. Yeah, like from Trump. Like, I'm going to make this up to you by, by voting for these three things that I know you love or something like that. And then number four. Three is acknowledgement that social certain social rules or social norms have been breached. And that is this is not something that a president who should be this way and that way. This is not a way a president should act. I think if people heard those words, I mean, first of all, they say, I don't believe you. But if you continue to drum that into everyone's mind, I mean, I think that a lot of people who would come around because they're, you know, maybe they're looking at all the Democratic. Maybe the ones on the, you know, that are on the fence. On the fence would come around. Because, I mean, some people, no matter what he said, would not come around. But I can see that those ingredients in a normal situation. (laughs) (laughs) I think, exactly. (laughs) I mean, we're talking extreme here. But I think in a normal situation, I think those ingredients would work. And I think it's important also to take the ingredients because I think that we are being manipulated into the extremes, whether it's these YouTubers where, you know, I hate this person, therefore I love that person. And I kind of think people need to pay attention to the fact that because you're wrong and I'm on the opposing side of you, it doesn't mean that I'm right. The opposing side of wrong doesn't mean right. The opposing side of wrong could also be wrong. When you think about the apologies, and I'm not trying to breach into your list, but... Mm -hmm. Of these things, empathy, uh, offers of compensation, and social norms, it turns out, I think, that when you were apologizing to certain people or certain based on the context of your relationship, certain things are more important. So, for example, when you apologize to your spouse. I would never. <laughs> Let me repeat. <laughs> never <laughs> apologize to my spouse. Never let them see you sweat. <laughs> 
<laughs> but in that case, it would really be the the to emphasize empathy. You would em- emphasize. I would never. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's say that, if let's say that Sonny had to apologize to you. Okay. Well, that's and a different he could story. either say. That's not how a husband acts, which would be violation of social norms. Let me make it up to you by washing the toilets. Don't let your eyebrows raise. That's Or, good. you know what? What I did to you really sucked. And that was wrong. And if I had been the recipient of that, I would have felt the same way. Which one would you take? The, well, <laughs> toilets would be nice. <laughs> <laughs> You'd still hold a grudge. Once he was done, you would true. say, just kidding. I don't forgive you. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, no, absolutely. So you would emphasize mm-hmm. you would emphasize empathy. Yeah. All right. And then what about if a colleague at work cheated you out of something or did something and they said to you, I really appreciate I would have felt the same way. I understand how you feel. Or they said, listen, I understand what I did was so wrong. And what I'd like to do is I'd like to take the next three weekend shifts for you and you get paid for it. Okay, I want to I throw that back at you because, Mm. you know, I already said that I'm a little more vengeance. Less forgiving. Yeah, I'm a little less forgiving. So if somebody said that to you, how would you how would you feel? Who's the somebody? Your colleague. I would say that if a colleague, I mean, it's hard for me because I've always been, well, not always, but so often been self-employed. But if someone right. in the work work kind of relationship screwed me, I would say that I would care less about the empathy and more about the offer of compensation. You once talked about a colleague who would always leave the toilet seat up at your office. Yeah. And if he said, listen, not only am I sorry about this, I will not only put the toilet seat down, but... I will take a little bit of spritz of some kind of cleaning solution. And every time I use the bathroom, I will make sure that it's clean. When I leave, I'd be like, oh, yes, that is a compensation. Or if someone said, I want to cover your shift. And then I think if someone who was maybe a friend violated or you did something that was bad, I think that the violation of social norms component or the acknowledgement of the violation of social norms, this is not something that friends should do to one another. And I am so sorry. So it really depends on the relationship is what you're saying. Yeah. And I think the three are empathy and offer of compensation and violation of social norms. And I think if when we were working with companies, just being applying curiosity to what would be an effective apology, Mm -hmm. it's very important to say, what is the relationship with your audience? One of the things one of the most brilliant campaigns. Do you remember when Kentucky Fried Chicken ran out of chicken? No, but that would be the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard. Kentucky (laughs) Fried Chicken ran out of chicken? Yeah, they had to close down 900 restaurants. This was in the UK. So I think that what I'm about to tell you, what they, how they asked for, how they dealt with an apology, was probably more specific to what would be acceptable. <laughs> Seems the, like they would have to shut down because they're not Kentucky Fried <laughs> Chicken anymore. <laughs> Kentucky Fried Rat. <laughs> <laughs> People call it KFC. Yeah. So what they did was they took a big shot of their bucket instead of KFC. They had FCK. <laughs> <laughs> It was brilliant. FCK? Yes. So and they I don't I don't remember seeing that. That was in the UK. Can you Oh yeah, you said that. Yeah. Can you imagine if that was F-C-K. here? FCK. Again, FCK. We don't swear on this show. Don't even look at me to try to weasel me into saying. That's right. I know it's a slippery slope. You kiss your mother with that bucket of no chicken. 
<laughs> that potty mouth. Potty bucket. Potty bucket. Anyway, that was a very effective way to save the brand. Yeah. And it was sure, I'm sure it would play much better in the UK where people aren't as Puritan. But anyway, yeah. I thought about that. And I you know, think about all the different ways that people accept apologies. And I think we need to take a step back, myself included. And when you're looking on social media, I don't think any apology has ever been accepted on Twitter. They go on to one side or they go on to another. And I think that now brands are able to manipulate that. And it's, yeah. and, and we need to be aware of the fact that we are pawns in this game. Well, you know, I think that the question has two sides to it, whether you accept that apology and also how you apologize. And my list, oh, your I list. actually have a list Rebecca. Yes. That is not, a, it is not an ingredient. It's not a recipe. It's a list. And I created it. This is called the Jennifer list because I created it myself. I'm very pleased. Big girl. I'm a big girl now. And I'm going to do a little bit of a disclaimer because it's about religion. Oh, yeah. And being an atheist, you know, doing a, <laughs> As list a religious on... scholar that you are. <laughs> yeah. So these are just from reading on the intrawebs, coming up with what I think is a sort of a quick little conclusion of what apology, forgiveness, all of that, which each religion kind of represents oh, in a okay. nutshell. Oh, good. Yeah. Okay, good. Way to talk about politics and religion in one podcast wow. episode. And social media. Oh, is that the new is that the new social media. topic? Don't <laughs> social <mention>. media, <laughs> politics and religion. Okay. And a little bit of sex. Pretty much no sex. Catholicism is the first one and how Catholicism views how they are forgiven how they apologize, and then where do you go from there? Okay. With Catholicism, they go. They have to go through someone. They go through a bishop or a priest, and it's a sacrament of recon reconciliation. So they have to go in and confess. They believe in penance, things like that, where like back in the day, they would be violent to themselves. They'd have that flatulate, you know, that little self-flagellation. They'd have that whip thing. Now they do it through prayer beads and and wait, how is pray prayer beads penance? Well, it's boring. So oh, oh. <laughs> and they have to do like a certain amount of prayers. That's kind of how they get forgiven. Okay, so let me let me let me see if I got paying this. the price. There is someone of authority that is probably officially recognized maybe by the Pope or through that chain of command mm -hmm. that is qualified to offer forgiveness and there are certain criteria where they go through this process and then they're offered forgiveness from this, this from the church basically from the church sanctioned by the church in the name of the father son and the holy spirit okay. i okay. mean spirit okay <laughs> <laughs> That's my favorite thing from uh, from what four weddings and a funeral <laughs> spigot. He says he's the new priest and he goes for the father, son and the holy spigot. I mean, spirit He's <laughs> really funny. Anyway. All right. What's the next moving one? on? Judaism. Let me see if I agree with that. OK. As a Jewess. <laughs> OK. Judaism in Judaism. It's about the back and forth. You have to make an effort to apologize and you also have to make an effort to forgive. It is your responsibility to do that. So there needs to be an apologizer. Right. And there needs to be uh, a forgiver. Right. So there needs to be two players in this. OK, keep because going. Because it's yeah, it's basically you're doing it's like a double transgression if you don't forgive and ask for forgiveness. And some of the things some of the things is you have to ask for it like three times to, to prove that you are forgiven. And if you don't accept it after three times, then it's your then it's your fault. OK, so wait a minute. The person who does the transgression has to forgive three times yeah. at least. Yeah. Before the person to whom the transgression happened has to accept that apology. So if they only 
apologize once. Let's say you, you can you can accept it on yeah, one. So you screw me and you apologize once. I can accept it. Right. Uh, I decide not to. You apologize again. I still decide not to. You apologize again. If I decide not to at that point, then, then it's, your, it's th- on you. Then it's on me. Yeah. OK, that's. And one of the difficulties is it's there, there's an example of in 1997, this 14 year old boy took a semi-automatic weapon and shot into a bunch of students killing three girls and there's the story of this kid who saw this happen and he asked his mother how do we forgive someone like that can we forgive someone who killed these people and the mom said not really not in judaism and the concept of forgiveness is that the person who erred has to be forgiven by the person they they've erred if they're dead and the kid said but the people that he killed are dead and the mom said exactly so that's a good example of how it you know, you sometimes you will not be forgiven. Oh, that's interesting. Right. That's a good distinction. I mean, assuming that all the religious scholars who are listening to this podcast don't call in saying that we are completely mischaracterizing these religions. Okay, ten, ten explanations for one religion. <laughs> you know, I mean, yeah, exactly. exactly. So again, take it with a grain of salt. Take it with the, the grain of salt from the pillar of salt that occurred during the story of Sodom and Gomorrah. Exactly. All right. What's the next religion? Christianity. Mm. Christianity really doesn't have requirements for forgiveness other than you must believe in God, you must believe in Jesus, and that the only person that can forgive you is God. So... Well, what about Jesus? I think it's like the same thing. Oh, okay. It's like the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Okay. I can't say it without thinking spigot. (laughs) You're saying that either Jesus as an intermediary or God or whatever has to forgive you. Yes. And 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 that happens after you're gone. But if you accept Jesus as your own personal savior and you apologize, then those are the two criteria for forgiveness. Yeah, I mean, that's in a nutshell. Okay. Yes. All right. All right. I always forget like Catholicism, Christianity, because growing up, I mean, we thought, you know, it's all the same. It's all the same. And we knew that there was a difference between Episcopalian and Lutheran and Catholic, but I didn't know that like Catholic isn't Christian. Yeah, I know. But but, yeah, there's differences. There's definitely a difference. I mean, roses are reddish, violets are bluish. If it weren't for Christmas, we'd all be Jewish. That's what we believe. Yeah, that is what we believe. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Next one was Islam. And I had to do some research because I wasn't sure. But what I gathered was there there's intercession. And that means that you make use of a, a position, a, a character or an influence that forgives the wrongdoer. So there's someone that they said, except for he who bears witness of the truth. So it's Allah mm-hmm. deems you worthy mm-hmm. to intercede for the wrongdoer. Okay, let me get clarification. It seems at this stage, somewhat like Catholicism, with a major difference, is there is a system, a kind of a structure, a religious structure, Mm -hmm. construct, the Catholic Church in this case, that provides the authority to the forgiver or the person who can say, okay, I forgive you, say three Hail Marys, whatever. Right. In Islam, there's not that structure. So did it I, I don't understand this. I mean, I don't know much about religion in general, but it sounds like there's not a structure. So how right. do people get the authority to be the ones to speak on behalf of Allah? Well, that's where the tricky part comes in. It's like if you follow all of the rules of the Quran, then you are a wit- you are a witness of the truth. So okay, it's so- a little to me again. I'm not a religious expert, so it's a little tricky, but 
it, to me, it seems like basically you deem yourself by following certain rules. It but might... there, you don't have to pass any law or pass any test or anything like that. Yeah. And I don't know if being an imam necessarily gives you that authority. And right. I don't even know the process. There's no central organization that says, OK, you are now qualified to be an imam. That might be an interesting kind of the decentralization of the religion might be an interesting thing to think about. Anyway, OK. So there's that part of the trickiness. But then there's also the other part, which is you have to be connected to this person. So you have to have some kind of if you know, you have to find this person that knows the truth to be the interceder, you mm. know, so that's kind of part of the issue also. But I guess that would be why a search for a spiritual leader would be important, because there are certain things you can't do with that without that spiritual leader. That becomes a little interesting, potentially. I'm going to throw out a challenge dangerous if there is no authority to determine what constitutes a spiritual leader. Yet we need spiritual leaders to have this whole forgiveness thing take place. Hmm. It's a structural conundrum. That would be weird. That would be interesting if you are an Islamic scholar and are listening to this podcast. Please comment where we are thinking about this incorrectly or better ways to think about this. Well, and, any of any them. of these, any, any of, of these. them, because, yeah, again, yeah, what do I know. Yeah. Uh, the next one I looked at was the Church of the Latter-day Saints. Hello. Mm -hmm. Hello. <laughs> Is that from the Book of Mormon? Yes. Oh, my God. <laughs> Gotta sing something. Always a show tune. All right. What, what, what do the Church of the Latter-day Saints say Basically, about Basically, it is about you, how you behave right now, right here, right now. You need to put away your fear, your resentment, and your bitterness so that you can receive, you, you can have hope and peace on earth. On earth? Yes. So it's the opposite almost of Islam in terms of where you get to enjoy the fruits of your forgiveness. Right. Okay. Right. So how do you do it, though? Did it say? Well, it, it actually says that the person, the error has to apologize and humble themselves. But if you are the person to forgive, you don't require that. It's really basically the onus is, is on the forgive or not the forgive e. Mm. I had to think about which was forgive okay, wait or a minute. forgive e. Okay, I was so like, wait a minute, which one's forgive let's talk or? About let's talk about the transgressor. Yes, thank you. The that onus is on the, <laughs> the, the, onus is on the tra transgressor? No, the onus is on the person for whom you forgive the transgressor. Okay, so the onus is on the person who was screwed. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Okay. Thank Jesus. you. Jeez Louise. <laughs> Jeepers. Creepers. Um, All right. What yes. else? Okay. Any others? And then the final one, which I thought was fun, was Zoroastrian. Oh, Zoroastrian. Yeah. Like, what's his name? Uh, Freddie Mercury. Yeah. You yeah. knew that. Yeah, of course. Yeah. We are the champions, my friends. We run, run, you're a big nerd. Okay, the street's gonna be a big man someday. You got okay, we are never feet. gonna get to this oh, if sorry, we sorry. start singing. <laughs> oh my God. Okay, it's very similar to the Church of Latter day Saints. They focus on the here and now, mm. not at all on the afterlife. So they believe that par it's paradise on earth, heaven is on earth. If you forgive and if you make an effort to ask for forgiveness, it just creates a better life for you while you're here. And that's very, very important. Atonement then is about fixing what you can that you destroyed. So it's all about... I'm a Zoroastrian. Well, do you fix what you've destroyed? I... Because that's what it is. You, If you screw up, oh. you got to fix it. If you bang that car, then you got to fix the car. Oh. Because it's about making it heaven on earth rather than worrying about after you die. So uh, it's interesting uh, that how many different ways people look at forgiveness, because I wouldn't have thought 
that we deviated much from religion to religion, but we really do. I have a question for you. This is today's sort of fact. Okay. And you're going to see if you can answer in accordance with the statistic of the sort of fact. <laughs> okay. And this study came out of LPU. Uh, I'll give you a hint. La, la, la. The L and the P might be a little bit conflated because it's liberal, prestigious university. <laughs> oh, that's only like one half of the prestigious university. No, it's probably 90, the <laughs> 98% God, of the no prestigious universities. Anyway, yes. Okay. 98% of the people asked this question. And of the people, I mean, anyone on the street was asked this question. At LPU, you mean? At, at LP, no, LPU did this study. Oh, oh, and they oh. went all around the world all around the world and in all relig all religions in all countries throughout the world 98% of the people got this right okay which gender assuming that there were genders <laughs> apologized more women or men i don't see gender <laughs> Okay, you were of the 2% that got this wrong. If, there is no gender. If you got... Okay. And that is what I'm sticking to. Okay, wait a minute. Which sex? Oh, that's men quite different. or women? So you mean like vaginas or penises? Or whatever constitutes that's all sex. I'm gonna, that's the only way I'm going to recognize it. Okay, a, a vagina Then now. I'm going to say a vagina. That is correct. Yes! And for bonus, for a bonus sort of fact which is a fact, men apologize to women more, A, or men more, B. Women more. Ding, 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 ding. You are so smart. Yes! Courtesy of Sort of Facts. So now I ask you all the curiosity bite, which I really strongly recommend you prepare to dissect with your own ingredients because we don't want to be manipulated by this game. And I think online and an anonymity and allowing different people to represent different ways of thinking are going to make this dissection more important than ever before. How do you decide who and whether to forgive? Thanks for listening. And I really hope you enjoyed the episode. Before you take off, I have a few more things to let you know about. One, you can find show notes for every episode of ACLR and links to all resources mentioned at applycuriositylab.com forward slash blog. It's there that we'll wait to read your answers to each week's Curiosity Bite. Two, in order to avoid missing Curiosity Bitten conversations, subscribe to Apply Curiosity Lab Radio on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Play, and all the other spots that podcasts hang out and wait to be discovered. Toss up a review, especially if you have nice things to say. Finally, for all things Apply Curiosity, including information on workshops and your free membership to the Tribe of the Curious, go to ApplyCuriosityLab.com. In the meantime, elevate curiosity. <laughs>